you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. you give him praise if you ever had God fight a battle for you why don't you give him glory in this house right now why don't you give him praise in this house right now come on Exodus 14 and 14 said the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace Deuteronomy 3 and 22 said ye shall not fear them for the Lord your God shall fight for you Come on today, in this place, you don't have to fight the enemy by yourself. You don't have to lose sleep over what's going to happen in the battle, but God is going to fight for you. God is going to step in on the scene, and God is going to fight your battles for you, and He is going to give you victory over the enemy. Somebody receive that right now in the name of Jesus. time worrying about the battle? Why do we lose sleep worrying about what's going to happen in the battle? Why do we worry and fret wondering, am I going to be injured? Am I going to lose a limb in the battle? Am I going to come out victorious? Well, my Bible tells me that if we allow the Lord to fight, there will be certain victory. There's going to be victory. It may not look like it today. It may not feel like it today. You may, be, you may have come into this place limping because of the battle, because the enemy got a couple good shots on you. But if you'll just stay engaged, if you will just step back and stay engaged but let the Lord fight for you, then you will be victorious. I believe it in Jesus' name. Thank you, praise team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Didn't the praise team do a great job this morning? I say it often. They come week after week, night after night. They come early on a Sunday morning while some are still getting out of bed. And if you are, I'm not judging you. I just want to be you for a while. (laughs) They come every Sunday morning, and they practice because they want to sing with excellence. And I commend them and I thank them for for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Please be in prayer for Pastor. He is in Kentucky ministering today. We miss him, but we are glad that he, uh, we're glad that we get to share him every once in a while with another church to bless them like he blesses us. Do you love your pastor? Do you miss your pastor this morning? So we ask that uh, you keep them in prayer, that God would give them safe travels. Uh, They will be traveling back tonight. And uh, so um, I I was going to say something about driving, his driving, but I'm not going to say it. scares me in the in the daytime. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. So we ask that God would have his hand upon Pastor and Sister Jordan. And do be in prayer for Sister Jordan. She is doing great, recovering from her surgery. Uh, she is a little, she's feeling a little under the weather today. 
And so if you uh, will think about it and say a prayer for her today that God would strengthen her body, I know that she would greatly appreciate it. And uh, I want to say it's good to see Sister Rusenauer this morning. I'm glad that uh, she is healing good. Y'all, she, I, I spoke to her before service, and she told me, she said, I've got the staples out. And just the thought, I'm like, I need to sit down. I need to. <laughs> so we're glad that, that God has had his hand upon her and her recovery. If you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like to draw your attention to 2 Samuel. We'll be going first to chapter number 4 and verse number 4. And then we will go over to 2 Samuel 9 verses 1 through 7. To all of our guests, I too want to join with Pastor Brandon and say, welcome to Christian Life Church. We are so honored that you chose to worship with us this morning. We know that you could have gone anywhere, but you chose to worship with us, and we are honored that you are with us today, and we just hope that you feel at home and and, uh, you worship right along with us and uh, just, just be part of our family. We are a family. Come on, members of Christian Life Church. We're a family. Welcome to our family. 2 Samuel 4 and 4. And the word of the Lord says, And Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son which was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And his nurse took him up. And fled, and it came to pass that as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame, and his name was Mephibosheth. Second Samuel chapter nine, verse number one. And David said, "Is there yet any that is left of Saul's of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake?" And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when he had called him unto David, when they had called rather him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of Saul of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. Notice he didn't say he didn't say he has a son Mephibosheth but he said Jonathan has a son but notice his identity was that he was lame in his feet. And the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, behold he is in the house of Makar, the son of Amiel in Lodabar. Then King David sent, notice he sent, and he fetched him out of the house of Makar, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was come unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. Now verse number 7. And David said unto him, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake. And notice what he said. And he said, And I will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Many directions I could go with this text, and I've heard many preach this text and title their message, The Kindness of the King. And that would be well and good this morning. But I want to take a little different approach, if you would allow me a little leeway this morning. And I would like to preach from this subject. You belong at the table. You belong at the table. Would you put your Bibles down and would you lift your hands to heaven and would you ask God to send His anointing 
into this place this morning. Ask God not only to anoint me, but to anoint you this morning. God, we need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to rest upon us. God, I need you today. God, I need you to anoint my mind, Lord. Anoint my lips today, God, to speak what you have so put in my heart this morning. God, I pray that your anointing would not only rest upon me, but God, your anointing would rest upon your people. God, anoint our ears to hear. Anoint our minds to understand and anoint our hearts to receive what you would say to your people in this house this morning. And we will ever give you praise and glory and thank you for what you're going to accomplish in Jesus' name. Now, would you put your hands together and would you clap unto the Lord and would you shout unto God with a mighty voice of triumph this morning? Oh, come on, that sounds good. Lift your voice in this house. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. You may be seated this morning, and I'm going to make some of you cringe when I say this. I'm going to do my best not to preach long today. And I'm not looking at any of you in the eye because I don't want to see the reaction. I always have good intentions. I promise. Mephibosheth, as we read in our text, is described as lame in his feet. In fact, the servant never tells the king until later in Scripture the name of this man who was lame in his feet. The story is quite tragic and sad. He was but a young boy when this tragic situation happened to him. He was, after all, the grandson of Saul. He was the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul. Being the son of Jonathan, the eldest son of King Saul, he was by birth heir to the throne. The Bible tells us to know that when he was just five years of age, that his father and his grandfather were off battling and waging war in Jezreel. And though David at that moment had already been anointed king, according to the line and to the lineage of the king, Mephibosheth would one day be king himself. But this young boy at just five years of age received the news that his father and his grandfather had been killed in battle and, and now is left in the care of his nurse or his nanny, if you will. And the Bible tells us that fear, fearing that the Philistines would come to now destroy the entire family of Saul, Mephibosheth's nurse picked him up and fled the palace with the child in her arms. And the reason that they fled was because that when the new regime would come into power, the old regime would be concerned that the new regime that had just slain the king and the prince, that they would come to their house and would kill anybody who was left of that household. So in haste, the nanny picks up that that toddler boy, and, and, he, and she dresses him quickly and starts to gather things and no doubt throws him in a bag. And as she picks him up in, in her arms, fearing for his very life, she wasn't necessarily concerned with her own life, but she was concerned with the life of Mephibosheth. And she picks him up, and the Bible tells us that as she made haste to flee, that somewhere... On the journey that Mephibosheth slipped out of her grasp and he fell out of her arms and fell to the ground and was injured. And as she was carrying him out of the house, somewhere along the way, Mephibosheth was dropped. And the fall that happened to him was one of such trauma that it would cause both of his feet to be injured in such a way 
that he would be crippled for the rest of his life. There was a break or a dislocation of some sort that had happened in that fall, that had happened to that young boy, not of his own, not of his own doing, but there was a break or a dislocation that was never dealt with that caused Mephibosheth to not be able to walk for the rest of his life. What a tragic story. You find out that you've lost your father and you've lost your grandfather. Every man that meant something to you in your life and you are being carried from the palace and where, where you're supposed to, to, to one day yourself be king and only to be injured in your life to be forever changed. And I, I don't know what your excuse is here this morning. But can you relate to Mephibosheth or what, what he should have been or what he could have been? Could you relate for a moment your life to the life of Mephibosheth thinking about what you could have been and the way that things could have been? He should have been a great man, but he was relegated to a bed or a wheelchair because of what happened to him. I, I, I should be something better than I am, but I should be greater than I am, but somebody along the way dropped me. It's not my fault that I'm sitting here like I am and, and what I am and, and, and doing what I'm doing, but somebody along the way let me down when I was a child. Does anybody relate to what I'm preaching in this house? It, it isn't my fault that I'm here the way that I am today, but somebody dropped me and, and somebody failed me along the way. There, there was a situation that took place when I was just a child that left me injured and, and I don't understand why it happened but I sit here today and I know that I'm not what I'm supposed to be and I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be in God but somebody let me down and, and somebody dropped me and I was injured because of what somebody did to me and you sit here under the sound of my voice and your heart has been dropped and you've been dropped emotionally and something has taken place that is not what you blame your situation on. But God sent hear me to tell you, sent me here to tell you that there is a reason to live. Don't you don't belong in that situation that you're in, but you belong at the king's table. Somebody dropped you along the way. There was an injury that took, a, took place somewhere along the way. You didn't ask for it to happen. You didn't ask it to fall upon you, but it just happened to happen to you. But God sent me here today to tell you, you don't have to be identified by your injury. You don't have to be identified by what someone did to you. You don't have to be identified by the fact that somebody dropped you along the way. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. This boy that would one day be king. This boy who was just living in the king's palace, going about his life, waking up every morning and playing and going to school and coming home from school, Sister Mary, just to go in his bedroom to get his toys out and to play. He had everything that everybody else wanted. He had every toy that every other child in the kingdom could ever possibly dream of having. He just went along with his life, Pastor Brandon, just living in the king's palace but because of something that happened to him that he didn't ask for suddenly that boy who had everything going for him who was looking at occupying the throne one day in his future but because of an injury that happened to him he one day was disqualified from ever sitting on the throne he could no longer ever be king because of what someone did to him. Because somebody let him down somewhere along the way. 
And I'm here. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but you're here in this place and you've questioned why. Why did it happen to me? You question why did it have to be that way? Why did they have to take advantage of me? Why did they ever have to drop? Why did they leave me alone? Why? 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 And you're sitting here and you've asked yourself over and over and over again, why did my life have to turn out like this? Why? I didn't ask for it. Oh, I asked for was God to step in and to change my situation, but still somebody dropped me, somebody let me down, and you're here, and you've questioned, and you've cried yourself to sleep countless nights asking the question and begging God to change it, but God sent this preacher here this morning to let you know that you are not disqualified by what has happened to you. Yes, somebody hurt you. Yes, somebody took advantage of you along Yes, somebody turned their back on you. But let me tell you, God is in this place today, and he is telling you that it doesn't disqualify you. It doesn't disqualify you from serving. It doesn't disqualify you from his kingdom. There is room at his table for you. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands right now? imagine this young boy, Mephibosheth, as he would sit in Lodabar, he would look out the window and no doubt wonder about what he should have been and what he could have been if someone hadn't dropped him. I believe I'm preaching to somebody today who you are sitting here and you're saying, well, I could have been a prince or I, I could have been this or I could have been that and, 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 and this is where I should be today. You're sitting where you are at because somebody failed you. You should, you should be in a palace, but you find yourself in Lodabar because somewhere someone has let you down. But I come to tell somebody this morning that there is hope in this house today. There is a king that is calling your name and you're going to find yourself at his table. You're wounded in your mind and you're wounded in your soul and you're wounded in your body, but the king has sent me here to tell you that there is hope for you. There's hope for you. I wish that someone here could testify that he brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I wish that somebody in this place could testify to those that may be going through it that he brought me out so he can bring you out. You don't have, you you don't have a reason to live, but he gave you a reason to live. You don't have a place in the palace, but God is giving you a seat at his table. I should have been great. I should be doing something wonderful for the Lord. I should be moving mountains. Instead, I'm confined to this place called Lodabar. But you must understand that Lodabar, by definition, is a place of no communication. It's a place of deadness and dryness. It's a place where nobody communicates with you. It's a place where you find yourself and you're asking God for an answer. And you pray day after day and night after night. And you're asking God to just give you a word. But Lodabar is a place of no communication. I simply find myself in a lonely place. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Danny. I've been lonely. somebody dropped me along somebody injured me something happened to me and it took me from where I was it took me from the place that I used to be I was supposed to be a prince and my grandfather stood head and shoulders above everybody else and my father was supposed to teach me how to be a king because of what happened to me because of what someone else did to me now I'm broken. Now I'm shattered. I'm, I'm distressed and I'm torn. And my place is here in Lodabar. I didn't ask to be here. 
I never wanted to be here. Never thought my life would end up in Lodabar. I never thought I would end up in a place where I couldn't have communication with anybody. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? I didn't ask for it. I, I never wanted to do it. I never wanted to be here. I never I thought my life would be different. I thought my life would count. I thought one day I would be a king. Now, I sit here in a wheelchair in a place called Lodabar that is so far from the king's palace. I sit here day after day. Somebody picks me up, takes me from my bed, puts me in my chair. I sit here with a blanket over my legs because after all, I'm trying to hide the fact that I'm injured. I'm trying to, come on, I'm talking to somebody this morning. I don't want anybody to know what happened to me. I don't want anybody to know that I'm lame. I don't want anybody to know that I've been dropped. I don't, I don't want anybody to know that someone hurt me. I don't want anybody to know that someone in my past abused me. I don't want anybody to know that, that somebody let me down. I don't want anybody to know that, that someone turned their back on me. So I sit here by the window with my legs covered up. Not only do I not want anybody to know, but I don't want to be reminded I don't want to be reminded of where I used to be. I don't want to, I don't want to ever have to face the fact that I, I no longer can, can live out the life that was meant for me. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't want to be reminded of where I used to be and now how far I have fallen. So I sit here. I sit here hoping not be reminded of what happened to me. But because of what happened to me, now I find myself in this place. I got no communication with anybody. Nobody wants anything to do with me. God has cut me off. He's cut, he's cut off communication with me and now I'm alone and left to die. I could have been great. I should have been great. But too often because of injury that we never ask for, we find ourselves isolated in Lodabar. No communication with God. We pray, but we can't get an answer. I feel like I'm talking to someone who knows what it's like to be lonely. I feel like I'm preaching to somebody in this place that knows what it's like to be let down. I feel like I'm talking to somebody in this place that knows what it feels like to be broken. You know what it feels like to be dropped. You know what it feels like through the carelessness of others to slip from their grasp and fall to the ground and be injured and live in Lodabar, but I'm reaching for someone who you have felt alone in your situation. You know what it's like to call out in the middle of the night, but it seems like you can't hear from heaven. The Bible tells us of a man named Jacob who through deceit steals his brother's birthright. And when he flees and he finds himself at Laban's house, he falls into love with Rachel. And then he, in return, is deceived. Then after 14 years of labor, then he finally see, receives his prized Rachel. Then... In the night as he is working for his father-in-law, God comes to him in a dream. And God tells him, I want you to go back to Bethel. But on his way, the Bible tells us in Genesis 32 and 24, and Jacob was left alone. And there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. He was left alone. He was left in another load of bar, another place of loneliness, another place where there was no communication. And I can see Jacob 
as he is following a dream that God had given him, something that God has placed in his heart. And I see Jacob with all of his family gathered up, but the Bible says that though he had a lot of family, he was left alone. It wasn't by choice. He didn't choose to be there. But finding himself in the night all by himself in a lonely place with no hope. I don't know about you today, but I've been there before. I've laid on my face with tears soaking an altar. Yes, I too have been there. When I didn't know what to do when everybody else around me was getting a word from the Lord and everybody else was getting direction from God. Yes, people looked at me and thought that I had it all together because of the suit and the tie. But secretly I was crying out to God, begging for just one word because inside I was dying. I felt alone. Oh, you didn't expect to hear that this morning. Yes, I too have been there. Yes, Pastor Brandon has been there. Yes, Sister Newcomer has been there. Yes, my wife has been there. We have all been in a place where we felt like we were alone. I remember a time in my life coming into church, Brother Jerry, and I admit I was just going through the motions. I was dying inside. And I was asking, God, if you would, if you could, just give me a word. Just tell anything. Just, just talk to me one more time. Just communicate with me. It's lonely here in Lodabar. I felt alone, Brother, brother, brother Bolin. I felt like nobody knew where was I was at. I felt like God didn't even know where I was at. But I, came, I got up every, every, every morning on Sunday morning, showered, and thank God, put on deodorant. Deodorant's a good thing. I don't know about you, but okay. I'd shower and I'd get dressed. I'd press my shirt just right. Steam my suit. Every wrinkle. I can't, I'm one of those guys. I can't stand if my jacket's wrinkled. I can't handle it. Steam my jacket just right. Make sure no wrinkles. Why did I do that? Because I just wanted to cover up the fact that I was in. I, I, I didn't want anybody to figure out what I was feeling like. I didn't want anybody to see that I'd been dropped. Come on, somebody. I didn't want anybody to know that I'd been injured. I didn't want it. I, I belonged in the king's palace, and I didn't want anybody to know that I was actually living in Lodabar. Come in service after service. God, just give me a word. Why? I'm happy for everybody else. Everybody else is receiving direction. But why aren't you speaking to me? Why? I've been there begging, but there was nobody there for me. At least that felt like I was, there was nobody there for me. Nobody cared. Nobody understood what I was really going through, and there was no hope for me. And in my mind's eyes, I can see Jacob crying out in the night, God, I'm all by myself. I don't have any hope. I don't have any fight left. I just need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to talk to me. God, I need you. He was calling out to God. And God, the Bible tells us, here's his prayer. But he didn't bring him joy unspeakable. He doesn't bring peace that passes all understanding to Jacob. He doesn't bring hope. He doesn't bring direction. But in the middle of his night, when, I can't, when it can't get any worse, and he is all by himself, and there is no hope for him, I know there is somebody sitting here this morning, and you're surrounded by people, yet you are 
You are in a place of loneliness. I've sat there before. I too have felt alone. And I've called out as Jacob did. And there wasn't joy. And there wasn't peace. But just like Jacob, when things couldn't get any worse, God started kicking me in the seat of my pants. And in the night when he could, when I when I couldn't see what was going on, and it was cold, and I was all by myself, and Jacob was all by himself, the Bible says that Jacob begins to wrestle with the angel of the Lord. Really? Seriously. I asked for just a word. I asked for you just to speak to me. And you send me WrestleMania 3. I would have taken the word. But Jacob finds him in a place, finds himself in a place where he is wrestling with the angel of the Lord. Oh, the pain that must have been inflicted on Jacob in that place of loneliness as he began to get beat up by the God that was supposed to provide joy for him. But what happens when he doesn't provide joy, sir? What happened when he doesn't bring you joy? Ma'am, what happens when there's no peace in your life or no peace in your night? What happens when there is no light at the end of the tunnel? Let me tell you what you need to do if you find yourself in a place such as Jacob. You need to grab a hold of that angel because if you can just hold on till the day breaks, weeping may endure for a night, but the Bible says that joy cometh in the morning. My night may have been long and my fight may have been hard, but I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's going to change your name if you can just hold on. He's going to change the way that you walk if you can just hold on. Somebody needs to hold on until the day breaks. Hold on. It may not feel good. It may be painful. And yes, you may walk with a limp for the rest of your life. But if you can just hold on, God's about to step into your situation. And he's about to change things for you. If you can just grab a hold and say, I'm not letting go until you bless me. That God is going to work on your behalf. come to encourage someone that that thing that is hurting you, that thing that is beating you up is about to deliver you and set you free. I'm preaching to someone here today who has a hidden handicap. Somebody who has done something to you in your past that still afflicts you. And it still bothers you. And it still captivates your mind and hinders you from fulfilling the calling of God in your life. Lodabar is where you're at. A place, that place is where, that, that, where there is, it seems, no hope for you. Getting back to our text, David was best friends with Jonathan. And David said in 2 Samuel 9, is there any yet left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. There was a friendship between David and Jonathan. There was a bond between David and Jonathan that ran deep. And David says, is there any, is there any left? Then he goes on to say, is there, and there was at the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant 
is he? And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show him the kindness of God? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan, hath yet a son which is lame on his feet? And the king said unto him, Where is he? Where? Where is this boy? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. And David sent and fetched him out of the house of Makar, the son of Amiel from Lodabar. He sent and he pulled him out. Did you hear that? David had every right to not give a care. David was the king. Mephibosheth should have been the king. And now all that had been stripped from him and now David is reigning. And David had every reason not to give two cents care about Mephibosheth. Nobody would have blamed him. Yet David said, that's the son of my friend. Where is he at? He's in Lodabar. Go get him and bring him to me. He fetched him. He took him out of that place of lonely. He sent someone to that lonely place to find somebody who didn't belong in Lodabar. And God is telling somebody in this house, if you will just keep holding on, I'm getting ready to send somebody to fetch you. And he's going to bring you out of that lonely place. And he's going to bring you back to the palace where you belong. Pulled him out. Now I'm here to tell somebody. I'm here to tell a man in this house that God is calling your name. I've come here to preach to a woman in this place. You felt like that it was always going to be that way for you, but God has sent me to here to tell you that God is calling your name. He sent him and he fetched him out of the place. He is saying, come out of that place of loneliness. He's saying, you don't belong in Lodabar. And God has sent this preacher today to tell you that you don't belong in that lonely place. You don't belong in Lodabar any longer. But God is saying, I've got a table for you. God is saying, I've got hope for you. God is saying, I've got a purpose for your life. He is calling your name this morning. And he's telling you to come out of Lodabar and come back to the king's palace. Come back and sit at the king's table. But being called for Mephibosheth was all fine and well. It's all fine and well, Mephibosheth. But don't you forget that you're crippled. It's all fine and well, Mephibosheth, that the, that the king sent his servant to come and get you, but don't you forget that under that blanket you're still crippled. How, how are you ever going to be able to make your way back to the king's palace? Sure, I've been called out of darkness. Sure, I've been called from this place of loneliness that I found myself in. But how do I, how do I get back to the palace? How do, I, how do I get back to the king's palace? The Bible says that the king sent a messenger. No doubt that messenger was Ziba. He sent him to fetch Mephibosheth and bring him back. But what you need to know in this place this morning is that when God calls you, He's going to provide a way to carry you. You hear what I said? That when God calls you out of Lodabar, 
and you don't understand how you're ever going to make it back. You don't understand how you're going to walk on that injury. You don't know. You don't understand how you're ever going to make that journey. But when God calls you, He will always make a way to carry you back to where you belong. Come on, somebody. I want to, I want to preach faith into your spirit today and say that if God is calling you, you may not understand how you're ever going to make it back. But don't you worry about that, baby, because God is already making a way to carry you from that place of loneliness back to his table. He's made a way to carry you. You might have fallen. You found yourself in a place of loneliness, but God is here and he is calling you and he's willing to carry you if you will just allow him to. He's going to bring you to the palace. He's going to bring you to a place of hope. There is hope for you here this morning. There is help for you this morning. There is direction for you this morning. Your past has held you back long enough, but there is a God who is walking up and down these aisles, and He is saying, I I will carry you to your calling. I will carry you to your purpose. You don't, you don't have to be alone anymore, but there is someone coming to fetch you. them out. You've been called, but you're crippled. You've got to depend on someone else to carry you. You're not going to be able to get yourself out. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. But this is a time in your life when you're going to have to say, I'm I'm going to have to lean on the everlasting arms of God because I can't do it on my own. And David sends his messenger named Ziba to go fetch Mephibosheth from Lodabar. I can see as Mephibosheth enters the palace, Ziba, the messenger, carrying the now grown man because he couldn't walk on his own. You see, sometimes you have to rely on your brothers and your sisters. Sometimes we need each other. Sometimes you just got to put your pride aside and say, I I can't make it. I need you to carry me. Come on, somebody. Sometimes you just need to put put all your your stubbornness aside and say, I I can't walk on my own. I can't make it on my own. But someone is going to have to pick me up. There There are some in here that you have things hidden in your past that are hurting you. There are things in your past that are tormenting your mind. But I'm here to tell you that you are sitting next to someone who loves you this morning. You're sitting in a congregation of people who care about your soul. They have brought you to this place this morning to get you out of your loneliness, to get you out of your place of despair. They have brought you into this place so that you could be set free and you could once again sit at the king's table. Closing, and as they lay Mephibosheth before the king's table, I can see this grown prince. He knows this place. He's familiar with this place. This was his place. He was in the right place. He knew his way around, yet he found himself groveling. This prince, this would have been king, is now groveling at the feet of King David. He knew this palace. He knew his place, but he had the wrong position. Today you are in the right place. You are just simply in the wrong position. You're in the right house today, but you're just not in the right position. Something is tormenting you. 
and not allowing you to be what God has called you to be. You're hiding it and blaming it on the things from your past. But can I tell you, you're in the right place this morning. You need to get over your handicap. You need to get over the the situation that took place 30 years ago. I don't care what happened to you, and I don't mean that. I, I don't mean that mean, I don't, I, I, but I don't care what happened to you. I don't care if you were taken advantage of. I don't care if you were bound by drugs. I don't care what has happened in your life that has crippled your dream and has crippled your purpose to live, but I'm telling you that there is somebody who is wanting to carry you to your position in the palace. No doubt in Pharisee. After all, he was once a prince. He was a future king who had been disqualified due to the happenings that were beyond his control because of someone else's choices. The Bible says that David looked down at Mephibosheth and he said, Son, he could have said, Son, you're not welcome here. He could say, Son, you have no right to be here. Son, all this that used to be yours, it's mine now. I'm I'm sorry for what happened to you, but it's not really my problem. It happened to you, it didn't happen to me. Now I'm in the place that you were meant to be. (laughs) The Bible says that David looked down at Mephibosheth, and he didn't say those things. But Brother Jerry, what he did said, he said, Son, I've got a place for you at my table. He said, son, you're not going to eat with the servants. You're not going to dwell and eat with the outcasts of, of society. But I've got a place for you with me. I, I've got a place at my table for you. You don't belong in Lodabar, Mephibosheth. You don't belong in a lonely place. You don't belong in a place of hurt that torments you and reminds you daily of your past. You're not supposed to be in a place where you're tormented by the hurt of previous days. But you have a place here. You don't have to work for your food. You've got a place where you don't have to struggle anymore. You are, you've got a place where you don't have to hide your, handic- your handicap any longer. But I've got a place for you at the table. Take your crippled legs and put them at my table. I've got a place for you, Mephibosheth. Your legs are crippled. You've got something in your past, but... Just pull the tablecloth over your injury. Just go ahead and sit down and pull that tablecloth over your legs. And when you start looking underneath the tablecloth of the king's table, you see a bunch of crippled legs. Here today, when you look past the suits, you look past the ties, you look past the dresses, you look past the the well-fixed hair, you see a bunch of injuries. Feel the Holy Ghost right now. You see a bunch of injuries when you begin to look past all those things. You start to look and you see a crippled leg, or you see a broken arm, you see a you see a foot that that may be missing. You see underneath every table, underneath every suit, behind this tie, there is a boy who has been hurt. I've had some handicaps in my past too. But I've come to tell you, don't judge me because of my past. Don't judge me because of what I did and the mistakes I've made. But look under the table. Everybody 
has failed. Everybody has fallen. Everybody has messed. I wish I could get a witness in this place this morning. Everybody has messed up. But you don't have to live a lonely life just because you failed. Just because you messed up. Because your dreams were shattered by alcohol. Because your hopes were broken by someone who abused you as a child. Or because somebody misused you. You don't have to be alone. But you can sit down at the king's table because you belong there. This title went from someone who had been alone and crippled to a prince of princes. Under your table is hurt and under your table is pain. And Sometimes I wish that the hypocrisy of the church could be ripped away. And I wish that some of us weren't so proud that we could admit that we have some things that we are hiding underneath the table. You look the part, but you have some things in your past too. We look at some now and all we see is that what was in their blood we see the magnificence of Saul that sits at the table now you see the glory you see the princely you see all those things but just pull back the tablecloth and there you'll find a man who a, a woman all that although they look mighty and they they are used of God and they but they made some mistakes in their past they were injured in their past. There are some things that are buried under the blood. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but I know, but I believe that God sent me here for you. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're going through, and I don't know what the hurt is. I don't know what the pain has been. I don't, I don't know who dropped you along the way, but you've been injured. And I'm here to tell you this morning that God, oh, you've been in a lonely place. You felt like everybody has abandoned you. You felt like everybody has left you. But God sent this preacher here today to tell you that you have a place at the table of the king. You have a place at the king's table. And all he is doing is asking you to come. He said, come, sit at my table. Come, eat with me. Come, fellowship with me. You need to stop living in your failures. You need to stop living in your loneliness. Somebody needs to put the bass behind them today and say, it's been washed in the blood. I'm going to sit at the table and I'm going to let them serve me. I've been set free from my past. I've been set free from the chains that have been binding me. All things are passed away and behold all things are made new. Today God will do this morning whatever it takes to get you at the table. I wish somebody who has been living in Lodabar for way too long would get up from where you are right now and come down to the king's table. He's got a place for you. He's got a chair reserved for you. He's saying you don't have to be lonely. You don't have to hurt anymore. You don't have to wonder and fret what's going to happen. But he is saying, I've got a place for you. Come on, Mephibosheth. Why don't you come? You may not can walk on your own. Let somebody carry you. Let somebody, let somebody take the weight off. Let somebody get you down to the king's table where you belong. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, you can leave Lone apart today. You can leave that place of loneliness. You can leave that place of despair. You can leave that place of hurt once and for all. Why don't you make your way back down to the king's palace? It doesn't matter who hurt you. It doesn't matter what they said about you. It doesn't matter how they injured you. Precious blood of Jesus.